welcome to New Life Preaching Podcast, where we stream our sermons from each Lord's Day. In this series, entitled The Household of God, we begin our study of the first epistle of Peter, where he seeks to encourage Christians who are scattered among pagan nations. Join us each Lord's Day so that you don't miss a single sermon. This morning we are discussing Christ, our cornerstone. This is a really rich passage that we do well to meditate on, to think about, to relish in, in singing the song like we did this morning, singing uh, about Christ, our cornerstone, that we just did with the children where we're focusing our study this morning is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. And so if you've had a chance to turn there in your copy of God's Word, I'll read those passages and I welcome you to stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. Peter writes, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Lord, this morning we read in your word, of that precious chosen stone upon which all of this Your Word is founded, upon which this church is founded. Lord, we pray this morning that the name of Christ would be glorified that everyone here would be established on this only Son of the Father. Lord, we pray that before us who are hearing this preaching of Your Word, Lord, that it would not be a stone of offense or stumbling, but that we would be fortified on Christ alone. 
And so, Lord, grant us understanding. Grant us wisdom. And, Lord, build us up into this spiritual household, even now, as we read from your word this morning. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Sometimes it's our habit whenever we come to the scriptures to look for the imperatives. What are the commands this passage is giving me? And that's important, and we should do that with each passage as we discuss the application of it, how, how we are to respond to what we are being taught. But even as Christians, we should never seek that out too quickly or in a way that would blind us from who is receiving glory from the passage. What is the central topic to the Scripture at hand? Now Peter's writing this letter to the church and to all the saints that are scattered abroad. And so this letter... I think we can be included in that letter. There's a reason this is held for us in the canon of Scripture to be preached before the churches everywhere. And so there is something for us to do. There's a lot for us to take away. But what needs to be obvious to every one of us here this morning is this passage is about Christ. Peter's written about our holy living. He's written about the brotherly affection and the gospel and the fellowship. But all of that is only true insofar as it concerns our being related to and founded upon the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. So just before, even when he addressed us in regard to our behavior and our maturity that we discussed last week, as those who have tasted that the Lord is good, he now is describing this cornerstone. He comes again and he embellishes this with the use of Scripture describing the cornerstone that was rejected of men, or the stone that was rejected of men, but it was made the cornerstone, the chief stone in the building that is the household of God. This is a picture that he's going to build on. And so it's an important one. When we think of Christ as the cornerstone, we really need to we really need to allow the analogy of scripture. We need to allow all of scripture to speak to this matter. Because it's not just a simple analogy that he's dreamed up and he thinks that it's going to be best to compare us to rocks or to compare Christ to a really strong or important rock that's more important than other rocks. 
No, what Peter's doing is he's building off of a motif of Scripture that runs from beginning to end. What we're actually reading, whenever we read that Christ has become unto us a living stone that was cast out by men but chosen and precious of God, he's building on so much language throughout Scripture that speaks to the temple of God. From the very beginning, we remember Adam and Eve being cast out of that first garden temple. Is that going to continue? Okay, sorry. We all hear it, I know. Let's just acknowledge it. From the very beginning, Adam and Eve were cast out of that first garden temple. And I call it that because it is the place where God walked with man and man dwelt in the presence of the Lord which is the condition that God draws us into and that God promises even whenever He gives Israel the tabernacle, this temporary sort of temple, this dwelling place of God where He would be in the midst of His people in a tent that was moved about wherever they would go in its temporary fashion. Even in the way that God rebukes David when he says, who are you that you would build a house for me, a temple made with human hands? But he goes on to promise that indeed he would build a temple that's not made with human hands but that He would dwell in and with His people and that we would be His holy possession. Along comes Christ who is the Emmanuel that was prophesied about, God with us, who would bring about the fulfillment again where God would come and have His dwelling place with man Man would dwell with God. And Christ Himself taught that you'll tear down this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. There's a running motive. A continuing theme in all of Scripture that speaks of this temple language. It's not accidental that Peter calls to us and says... Christ, this cornerstone. Peter, the writer of our letter that we're reading from today, the one who whenever he gave his confession of faith to Christ, Christ said, I, Christ Jesus, I will build my church. And what we're going to find is Peter... Peter sticks with that. 
That moment that was so monumental in his own testimony and in his own faith is, the, is going to fill the letter that he's going to send to all of the churches. It's going to resonate with him that this, it's upon this, this faith and that Christ Himself is building His church and that He's going to understand Christ is the cornerstone and He is building His church and He's going to use you as living stones in this holy inhabitation as a dwelling place for God. That's going to become very popular in this letter and we're going to learn more about that. So it's no accident then that he calls Christ the cornerstone. It is temple language. He is the very foundation of the entire fulfillment of what God has promised in this gospel that he has delivered to us the saints. Christ is the cornerstone. Now, surely we ought to know something of the cornerstone. What is the cornerstone? The cornerstone is that foundation. It's that first stone which is laid. The cornerstone establishes the direction, the position, the footprint of the building that's being built. It's going to establish the angles it's going to establish the trajectory of the building that's erected above it. And what's interesting is we think about the analogy that Peter has given us. We might recall that old method of hewing the stones, pulling the imperfect stones from the quarry and fashioning them to fit for the space that is required of it. And it's so interesting as we just think about that, builders taking a stone and thinking one such a stone does not fit. Maybe you should consider what stone is a cornerstone made to fit? The cornerstone does not fit to any other stone. Every other stone fits to the cornerstone. The cornerstone is the first stone. It's what is built upon it. It is not added to any other thing. So surely this makes sense with the grand story and narrative of Scripture that these builders who wanted to take a stone, they wanted to receive a stone in Christ that could be fashioned to all of their perhaps even misunderstandings of the prophets so that they could have in some Messiah something that would fit their own narratives and build upon what they understood the prophets to say. When in reality, 
Christ is the cornerstone upon which the prophets are built. Why is it that Jesus said before Abraham was, I am? John, who came preparing the way of Christ, said he ranks before me because he is before me and was before me. The second person of the Trinity through whom all things were made was from the beginning. Christ is the cornerstone. He's not the afterthought. He is everything to which the temples of old pointed to. When Christ spoke of the temple, he was speaking to Pharisees who were consumed with the temple. Their entire history was built on this temple, on the destruction of the temple and the rebuilding of the temple and its destruction again. And who would build this temple? You know, what a foolish thing it is for Jews to wait on some rebuilding or fashioning of a stone temple. They don't know that Christ is the cornerstone. And the believer is that holy habitation. They are this spiritual building, this household of God. That is what Scripture teaches. So Christ is not added in, and so it will be with your life and the life of the believer. When we come to understand this next point that the Christian is built upon Christ alone, if it is true that Christ is the cornerstone, friend, you will not add Christ to your life. You will not perfect the, the way that you're living You'll not take this crumbling foundation that is you and then add the pretty stone that is Christ to the center of it. Peter says that we are living stones that are being built up a spiritual house. Upon what? Christ, the cornerstone. This is what it means to be regenerate. To be made new. The old Adam is not founded on this cornerstone. There is a foundation of this world that has crumbled away that does not withstand the judgment of God. And there is one. There is one stone, cornerstone, that has established a sure foundation that the Scriptures tell us is the writing of the apostles upon which everything else is built, including the believer in Jesus Christ. 
all that you are, the way in which you are positioned, the direction of your life, the trajectory of your life, like the foundation and the building is established on the cornerstone, the Christian is established on Christ. Your early identity comes in Christ alone. He describes us, stones built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, which he'll go on to elaborate in the coming verses, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Christian, you're being built up upon Christ. You're being built up because of Christ. You're being built up for Christ. Everything that the Christian is in this spiritual household of God is from God, through God, and to God. Is that not what Paul writes in Romans 11? For all things are from Him, through Him, and to Him. You're established on the rock of our salvation All of your work as this spiritual building, this household, spiritual house, Peter calls it. Who is it a house for? Are we not the dwelling place of God? Is this not all that has been promised that He would come and dwell in man? Is that not what is given in the Pentecost, in the Spirit that is sent to dwell in us? So you're a household for God. And yet we dwell in Him. We're called a holy priesthood that offers sacrifices. The priests that offer the sacrifice and yet we're called the spiritual sacrifice. Your life becomes a service and an offering to God in this holy temple of God. Acceptable to God by Christ. This chief cornerstone is both the maker, he is the foundation of the faith that you receive, and he's the receiver the beneficiary of the life that he's given. The Christian is built upon Christ alone.
Sadly, there's one other category here. Christ is this cornerstone, this chief stone in Zion, and this temple mount that is prophesied by God and His Word through Isaiah. I believe we can look at Isaiah 28. One of these is quoted from chapter 8, I believe, as well. Peter's using Scripture to interpret Scripture. He's allowing Scripture to interpret Christ. But he says of the ones who wanted to add Christ, the ones who sought to fit Christ instead of be fit to Him, He's not a cornerstone at all. He's a stumbling block. A rock of offense. This is clarified. If it's true that the Word itself has interpreted Christ for us, we read that these who stumble are those that are disobedient to the Word. Whereunto they were appointed. If we return to the quarry, the perfect stone is drawn out by having the imperfect knocked away. There's a stone that is destroyed from the stone that is kept. I want to say, was it Michelangelo who asked about, someone asked of one of his statues uh, how that he could construct such a thing? And he said, well, the statue was there all along. I only uncovered it. That's not to say that there's something good in us or something else. What that is to say is that there is one who, there are vessels of dishonor. There are those that will stumble. Everyone is not a living stone that is built up into this spiritual household. Elsewhere in Scripture where we're called this holy dwelling place in this spiritual household, we're told our work will be tested as by fire. So we need to be these living and spiritual stones not made of chaff. We're not the brick made of chaff or of straw that will be burnt up in the judgment. Even if we continue with the temple motive in through Revelation, look at the way uh, what is described and what is glorified in this holy temple is not its massive arches, but is, is its foundation in the various precious stones that make it up. 
that are even formed under pressure and under heat. But that which is not found upon this stone is laid waste. It is ruined. It is a stumbling block. And mind you, Christ Himself, the one who is that chief cornerstone, the one upon whom our faith and our salvation rest, that stone is the stone for stumbling. The stone that has brought salvation to you and I is the one that brings ruin to the unbeliever. That stone of offense. Is it a coincidence that the one who despises Christ is said to be as well to have a millstone cast around our neck? That the chief punishment throughout the Old Testament was by stoning. Surely, the Israel people had a clear picture of a rock of offense. So how could one stumble over this cornerstone? Well, the answer is simple. If you're not built upon it, if you're not built upon it, the one who lays it aside, the one on who their entire salvation doesn't rest on Christ, they stumble. Now keep in mind, when we say we're established on this cornerstone of Christ, there are no sharp edges. We know we can look at a foundation of a good wall or, or the outside of our brick building and we can see if it's true. You can feel the edge of a two-before and know if it's flush. There is no imperfection. There is no shadow cast by the stone that is built upon Jesus Christ. It meets it perfectly. The cornerstone establishes its direction. And so must we be. Anything that sets outside of Christ, separate from Christ, apart from Christ, is a stone of stumbling. It is an offense to God. This holy habitation, don't forget what it means to be holy. Set apart, perfect, sanctified unto God. There's no imperfection in the house that God makes you into. The part that you are included in.
So our salvation rests on Christ. But it rests on Christ fully. We do not have in Jesus a lucky charm. We do not have in Jesus merely an example to follow. He's everything. He bears the full weight of this entire structure that is the church. For that matter, no stone in the building can support the weight of its own foundation. It's the most sure part at its base. And so we do well to just found ourselves on Christ. To not think that there's anything that we add to Christ. To not think that there is anything in addition to Christ to be added to us. To understand our purpose, our function, our place, our position, our trajectory, and for whom and for whose glory that we are built. It may be said as we continue in this thought process that you're not the chief stone. You're not the glory of this house. Are we content to be a spiritual stone in a much grander work than just you? Are we happy to glorify God in the capacity that He has given us? So we should understand ourselves as members of a body, as a stone of a building, as a brick in a wall. Upon which others will depend for their strength. And upon others, we must depend for our strength. Analogies can be dangerous things, but whenever they're given in Scripture, they're incredibly secure. Here we have an analogy that's given throughout all of Scripture that's testified to us in the New Testament from the Old Testament, and that carries a motive all the way through until the end. It's no accident that Peter uses this, this analogy, this metaphor. It's one that he'll build upon and one that we should hold fast as we come to understand what he will continue to teach. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We ask that you would glorify yourself in us. Lord, that you would test us now. That you would judge us now that our work would be set right early. Lord, we pray that we would not be found laying outside of plumb or apart from level, but that we would be found in perfect 
congruity with that cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that our work would be the same. Lord, that the gospel we preach would be the same line that would hold true to Christ, that would have Christ accurately represented, that the gospel would be faithfully preached through each one here. Lord, as we teach these things to our children, Lord, as we test our own understanding according to the Scripture, Lord, that we would be sure to true up the edges that the full weight of our salvation, that the full glory of the ministry would be given to Christ. Lord, we pray that where others around us are are found to have stumbled, that it would be on Christ and not on us. Lord, that there would be nothing amiss in us, that you would protect our way. Lord, that you would fashion this household securely able to withstand the judgment. That you would bind us together with a sure bond within the church. Lord, that we would be living stones indeed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. for listening to New Life Preaching Podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss a single sermon. We invite you to our Lord's Day gathering at New Life Baptist Church Hallsville where we meet and worship 10.30 a.m. each Lord's Day.